Celebrity marriage therapist Tina Conkin delves into some influential factors in her newly published book, Love, Sex, and Money. Tina is the founder and director of R3 Lifeline and facilitates the intensive Relationship Lifeline weekends and couples retreats. She's been featured on radio and television shows such as Gene Simmons' Family Jewels, Real Housewives of Orange County, Dr. Phil, and The Today Show. Tina is also a resource for many churches, counselors, and organizations, and she has helped literally thousands of couples over the last 32 years of ministry. Today, Tina provides us with godly insights and practical tips on how to restore a broken marriage. And with that, here is Tina Conkin. Welcome to the Lucas Miles Show. It's good to have you here. Nice to be here. It is always fun getting to interview people that I call a friend, and you've been such a big blessing to Chrissy and I, and just in our marriage, and so I'm excited for my audience to have the chance to just to be able to hear from you and really hear not only some of your story, but also really the great content that I think you have for families today. Thanks. I'm looking forward to it, and it has been nice knowing you guys on a personal level, and so I get to talk from my heart. Because I've been... I think in ministry for so long, you kind of know the answers that you're supposed to tell people. So when you're going through things yourself, and it's just so easy to, I know that answer. I know when they say that. But I tell people all the time that when it comes to marriage, there's only a couple people I listen to. And (laughs) Tina Conkin is like at the top of that list. And so, hey, that's real honoring. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. So you've been a real blessing to us. So, You have a new book that is releasing, basically released right now, called Love, Sex, and Money. I want to go into that a little bit, which, what a great title. If that doesn't uh, get people's attention, I don't know what will. So we'll get into that here in a little bit. But I want to start just by talking about, I mean, there's so much to your story, but where did this passion for helping people find wholeness really begin for you? You know, the name of the book went, as you know, having written yourself, Picking a title can be a real challenging thing, right? What's going to make people pick it up? But what we got into as a couple ended up being why we named the book Love, Sex, and Money. We figured if people could get those three things right, they'd have a great marriage, right? (laughs) Right. Get it wrong and, well, I don't have to explain the rest, right? So that was sort of the inspiration for writing the book. How we got into the ministry, though, of healing relationships, you know, our purpose statement is healing relationships one broken heart at a time. I have to go to that one broken heart at a time. And so we didn't get into this ministry for the sake of saving marriages, We really got into it because we realized that the reason marriages broke down or the reason the divorce rate is so high is because of something Jesus said. When Jesus responded to the Pharisees when they asked him about divorce, you know, he answered and said, because of the hardness of heart Mm. is the reason there's divorce. And that's in Matthew 19, 8, if your guests want to look it up. We were very intrigued by that. We thought, okay, so divorce isn't because of infidelity or, you know, the many other things. 
California, the no fault divorce, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? <laughs> what a misnomer. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Jesus brought it right down to the hardness of the heart. And so we started out our ministry wanting to heal the broken heart. That was our mandate. And when you heal the broken heart, you don't have the hardness of heart, which then we equated to, all right, that means then the divorce rate should go down if we deal with the heart issues. Yeah. Wow. So, and you're originally from Canada. I am. Yes. A real Canadian, eh? <laughs> and based now in California. I am. I have heard you talk a little bit about the three R's, I believe that you call it. Did I say that right? The R3 factor. The R3 factor. Tell us a little bit about what do you mean when you say that? Well, again, you know, going back to our premise, how do you soften a hardened heart? And the first R is to reveal. And so I don't believe that you can heal or change anything you're not prepared to reveal that's in your heart. So if we first accept that Jesus was right, we have the hardness of heart about us, then we've got to examine that and we have to be willing to face that. And I think that's our hardest step. Mm -hmm. And we talk about that in the book, how that is the biggest hurdle to get through, is being able to be true enough to yourself, telling yourself the truth, facing the truth, that the hardness of heart has nothing to do with your spouse or anyone else in your life. It has to do with what you avoided resolving when it happened. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, I know, Lucas, you know me well, we go into your past, you know, and as children, you may not have resolved things because you didn't know how. And so my big thing is now you can, even if it happened to you when you were 10 and somebody told you you'd never amount to anything, if you haven't resolved that in your heart, you're still at that place, right? You don't progress past that point, you know, from an emotional right. standpoint. And I know I've seen that in some of the meetings with you when you're helping people walk through this process, just seeing the things that come to the surface, people that might have an aversion to going into their past, they're always, I don't need any of that psycho mumbo jumbo kind of mindset. And I've just not seen any of that with you. What I've seen is just a real ability to allow the Lord to surface things that were painful or distinct in our memories or our emotions that maybe we never process fully. And a lot of those happen at an age where we didn't have the ability to even process them based upon the Word. Exactly. And that's what I'm talking about. You know, we can get stuck on a scripture. I did, from my experience, got stuck on the scripture when I went to a counselor, because obviously some things weren't working in my life. And he tried to take me to the past. Well, you know, I was a pastor's wife, and I had it all together scripturally, I thought. And so quickly, I went to Philippians, and I said, listen, the Apostle Paul really stresses here that we are not to go to the past, you know, and that the past needs to be left behind. And, you know, I wish I could say Dr. Phil coined this phrase, but I heard it long before Dr. Phil when that counselor looked at me and said, well, let me know how that works out for you, <laughs> you know, because I, I got on my spiritual high horse, as many of us Christians do, you know, we've got this mentality that I'm going to use the word on this one. And it'd be great if you did. 
But you know, where the Apostle Paul talks about forgetting your past, it means you've resolved it. It means Mm -hmm. don't go back there because God's resolved it. But if you're not healed from it, if you're not taking God's position, right? And how many of us do? So if, if I heard I would never amount to anything, that's not what God says. But if I adopted God's point of view, that's the part of reveal that in the R1 we're talking about. Have we got God's perspective on this? Because if we don't, then we haven't resolved the past and we can't forget the past. That's so good because when you think about forgetting something, what most people do is they haven't forgotten it. They're actually just dragging it behind them. But I can't remember certain aspects of probably even what I did yesterday. And the reason is, is because they weren't meaningful. The time on the road or going through the checkout line, there wasn't anything that happened that was memorable enough to cause big emotional triggers, either up or down for me. So it was just forgotten. But when we have these things in our life that we go through that are painful, we're not really forgetting them. We're burying them most of the time. And so I think that that application into the word, especially, you know, Paul's words about forgetting what lies behind is so important for the listeners is that, you know, the only way you're able to forget it is when it's dealt with, because when it's dealt with, now you can truly leave it behind and you're not bringing it into your future conversations. I just brought this up the other day to Chrissy and she gave me a great look when I said it, but you have some special advice for couples that if they're fighting about something, <laughs> so <laughs> please tell us that. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what it is. I can't take credit for it. I have to give my husband credit. When we got to, you know, okay, reveal some of the things that, you know, are still triggering you in your relationship. And those are what I refer to as the rocks, right? The rocks are what hardened our heart. And the rocks are those things that I describe as hurts or offenses or, you know, one rock at a time, you put it in your heart and pretty soon you built a rock wall. And it has hardened your heart. So now nothing gets in, nothing gets out that could cause any kind of pain. In other words, if today I could choose joy, but that joy could turn to sadness tomorrow because that joy involves a relationship, I'll avoid the relationship altogether, right? Mm. So that's a part of reveal we really need to do. The rewrite was that, okay, how are we going to implement resolving those things in our past and not carrying them on? Well, I was a great fighter, and for some reason, growing up, you had to win, right? And that meant at anything and everything. And so when my husband and I would get into it, I had to make sure I had the last word. I had to make sure that I won this particular argument. So when we decided to change our ways, (laughs) he called them rules of engagement. So we put some rules of engagement that we both could agree on so that we didn't get caught up. Because you see, it's not enough to just reveal. In the rewrite, you have to change your perspective. You have to say, you know, I've been used to doing this for 20 years. So now just because I realize it's not doing anything for me, it's not working for me, doesn't mean the habit's not going to go away. Yeah. So we had some really good, healthy, you know, rules of engagement when we got in, you know, and into communicating or when we got into disagreements. And then he said, can I add one to that? And I said, yeah, this would be the time to negotiate what we're going to do. And and he suddenly said, well, listen, if a fight lasts longer than five minutes, he goes, we get naked. (laughs) And I went... Pardon me. (laughs) Right. So that became the rule of thumb, honey. 
You're at four minutes and 50 seconds. You've got 10 seconds to either end this or get naked. So, um, yeah, our, our fight started lasting. But you know, the truth is about that. It is funny, the naked part. But the truth is that if a fight does last longer than five minutes, Lucas, you're dealing with old stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. That's the truth. Yeah. It's so true. And I think that there's so much emotional convergence that happens in people's hearts that you start off, and we've seen this, and a lot of us have been through this. You start off somebody frustrated about the dishes, and it turns into things that happened 10 years Your ago. Your mother. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever it is. I always say it's, you know, it's like swizzle stick. In order to like sort through that, you have to pull them out one at a time and really right. be able to deal with that. And I think that our three factor that you talk about is such a crucial process for couples to go through. And even not just couples. I mean, this would apply to somebody. Individuals. Yeah, the R3 factors is for everyone. And so the first one is really about revealing. And what I, the little tag on that I would put on there is yesterday. Mm. You have to reveal yesterday so that you can change and heal. The second one, the R2, which is rewrite. People have a hard time with that. Can you really rewrite your story? You might not be able to rewrite the facts because you can't change the past, Mm -hmm. but you can rewrite how you feel about it. You can change your perspective on it. You can see it from different glasses because if they happen to a child, right, and you heard something as a child or you experienced something as a child, how do you rewrite that? Well, you rewrite it now because you've got adult eyes, yeah. Right. You can see it from a different perspective. And for me, the simplest story I can give to that is when I forgave my mom for having rejected me as a child. Now, I knew she rejected me as a child, but the rejection actually started when she got pregnant. And see, those are facts that I knew. She didn't want a baby right then and there. So I knew all that. So how did I rewrite that story so I could forgive her? Well, I suddenly was able to see a 16-year-old child rejecting time, not me, not the baby. So see how that just changes everything? She was just rejecting time. She got married at 16 to get away from having raised already because of times of war, her three younger siblings. She was the oldest. So she had a Prince Charming coming and he was taking her to ball games and buying her ice cream and, you know, all that. And then she's barely home from a honeymoon and she's pregnant. So it was that time. She didn't want more babies right now. She wanted to be a kid. She wanted to be spoiled. She wanted to be the baby to this prince you know, and she wanted to be the princess and how he was treating her. So when I suddenly put emotion to that from a 16-year-old's perspective, I lost the rejection, the cord Yeah. So that tied me to that rejection that became a stronghold. Yes. You know, I mean, really what you're talking about to me sounds like a practical application of the biblical idea of dying to yourself. As long as I'm the focal point of everything in my life, I can't get outside of that long enough to see that 16-year-old and what they were going through or what they were dealing with. But when I start recognizing that it's not about me and that there's something bigger at work here and I can really see them from a lens of compassion, that starts to do something, I think, in us as individuals. That's so good. Speaking on that, you know from having experienced some of the things that we do in our experiential seminars 
it looks like you're coming to a couple's retreat or a couple's seminar, and then all of a sudden we're getting into this stuff, revealing your personal stuff. But I think one of the greatest, besides the saving marriages, one of the greatest, most rewarding thing for me is when somebody will write us an email after and say, I hadn't spoken to my father for 20 years. And that one exercise, seeing him or seeing the mom or brother or sister that they hadn't you know, had relationship with because of what you just said, because we look at it through our eyes. We're not dying to self. We're not seeing it from their perspective. And so more relationships, even outside the marriage, have been healed just from that little reveal, rewrite, you know, rewrite, look at it from their perspective, their hurt perspective, look at it through the eyes of compassion. And I always bring this story of what did Jesus see in that adulterous woman? that no one else saw? What did he write in the sand to turn an angry mob around? What in that moment, how did he cause them to have compassion? We know what he said, but is it only what he said? What did he write in the sand? And more importantly, what did he see from his perspective into this woman who deserved to be stoned that day? This woman's heart. What did he see? So good. Yeah. So that's the rewrite. Are you looking to stay connected with current events, culture, religion, and all sorts of other news? Then faithwire.com is the place to do that. Hop over there, make sure and check out faithwire.com, the exclusive home to the Lucas Miles Show. Also for all things news, especially with positivity. It's so easy to get bombarded by all the negative news that's out there. And that's one reason why I love faithwire.com and why I've chosen to work with them for the launch of the Lucas Miles Show. It's just a great place to be able to go and get all of your information in one place, stay connected with the world's happenings, and leave with a smile. So check out faithwire.com and make sure and like them on Facebook. And now, back to our guest on The Lucas Miles Show. So, Tina, you mentioned these getaways that you do for couples. You call them Relationship Lifeline Weekends. And so, tell us a little bit about those because this is something you've become known for. And there's a lot of people that would know you as the marriage therapist to the stars or to celebrities. I know you've worked with a lot of different people before, like Gene Simmons from Kiss and different things. And so, tell us what happens there. Is this only for celebrities? What is the process that happens? So Relationship Lifeline um, is for individuals and for couples. It's for everybody because that's where we do the R3, the reveal, rewrite, and then the renew, simply put, is tomorrow making it better than it was before. So at the Relationship Lifeline, we break that down and make it experiential. So we don't teach. It's not a conference. It's not a workshop. You don't have a notebook. It really is you're experiencing the reveal process. So we take you through just a very power. I can't describe it because it is so powerful. And until you experience it, it's hard to talk about. But you really, from a place of not feeling threatened or in a therapist chair, you know, where you sit on the couch and it's not like that. And I don't want to say counseling doesn't work. It does. The only difference is when you're in a group, 
there's power to that. There's, I'm not alone, mm. you know, and so there's power to that. But more importantly, in what we do, it really is about healing the broken heart. It's about identifying those rocks that have hardened your heart and then where to go to rewrite and renew so that when you leave there, life and relationships will be better than they ever were before. And with a over 90% success rate with couples, especially to renew has been our greatest, well, name to fame, I guess. Yeah. And the celebrities really did find out about that. And so we developed what we call now a couples retreat for people that don't want to be part of our larger group. Now, when I say large group, it still is small. It's 12 to 20 couples and individuals. We don't usually go over 40 people in the room for our intensive weekends that are about 35, 40 hours. The couples retreat is three days and it is for people who like more of a private setting. And it's only two to four couples. Now, the price difference is, you know, a big price difference there but both are awesome programs and we developed it because and here's what I want your listeners to hear is that we developed this because we were pastors and counselors before and found that once people were in crisis mode turning them around with one hour of counseling a week we just weren't good enough, you know, and most counselors that refer couples to us will tell you that we do more than two years therapy in that one weekend. Wow. And that is because it's not counseling. It really is experiential. Yeah. No, and, it's, and I know so. I've just seen snippets of that with some of the stuff we've done within our ministry with having you in. And I know yes. Chrissy and I are looking forward to uh, joining you in California sometime for one of these. So, that's going to be really good. Tell us a little bit more about this book, Love, Sex, and Money. What's the message? You shared a little bit about kind of what inspired you to write it with these issues of love, sex, and money really becoming the main obstacles to a thriving relationship. But when they're working, they're the main attributes to a, a wonderful relationship. So yeah. um, give us some more on the content of that. What's a reader going to discover as they go through that? Well, they will discover the R3 process and the principles of the R3. And we take them through that. And there'll be some exercise in there too that they can do on their own. But the main reason for writing the book, I think, was to share our story, to share our story of failure, to share our story of, you know, an affair that happened in our marriage and how we because of the affair, developed the R3. And so we share our story in there of hope and that again, the hardness of the heart is what would have caused us to divorce, not the infidelity. And so I want as many people to hear this message that infidelity, I want to say this with all respect, especially to you as a pastor. (laughs) I'm hard to offend. (laughs) Okay, good. Infidelity shouldn't be our biblical reason for leaving the marriage. And I'm glad that I didn't take that. Mm. You know, I was told that by several pastors, you know, that I could and nobody would think me wrong and that I probably should. And repairing something like this wasn't easy. And I thought, well, I wasn't looking for easy. I was looking for help. And we have children and blah, 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 blah. So I get really uptight, especially from couples that come to our seminars that happen to hear about it. Now, I've got to say that from all the pastors I have connections with and the resource we are to so many churches, I hope we have changed that message because they have seen miracle after miracle after miracle. The infidelity part for us is the least of what breaks down a marriage. 
Yeah. Right. If we can get to the hardness of the heart. So that is my reason for writing the book and my husband's reason for giving hope to people that, you know, when forgiveness comes in and we come from a heart of compassion and we break down those hardness of the heart, that marriage should not be dissolved because of infidelity or any other reason, unless, and I want to put that unless in, there is danger, of course, to you physically, or there's danger involved, then yes. But even then, just because you can't physically be together does not mean you can't still go heal the heart. God is a healer. And if you're a physical abuser, if you're a betrayer, if you're in the unfaithful, if whatever it is, there's no limit to God's healing. We just have to be willing to look at the hardness of the heart. So that was really the real reason for writing the book, is to give hope where most of us think it's okay, or we feel excused out of a marriage. I think that's so important. I think it's really easy for people to, you know, maybe hear some of this and go, well, maybe if we hadn't gotten so far, then that would have helped us. But, you know, we're way past that kind of help. I mean, I can think of people even within our own ministry and that I've just seen who have been radically transformed by these concepts and really by your ministry in that way. And so I can't stress enough to listeners or pastors out there that might be hearing this, that there are better tools and resources available for couples than most likely what they're doing right now. And I think that getting connected with you and finding some of these additional resources, you know, I just can't recommend it enough. It's funny, you know, I have guests on sometimes that I, I know or I know of them, but it's maybe the first time I've really talked to them in depth. And so I like what they're saying and I'm interested in it, but I can't sit there and endorse them. But the difference is that I've been able to see what you do over the last couple of years and can really just say that I, it's the real deal. And so thank you for just your ministry and the difference that you're making in people's lives. Thank you. And thanks for having me on. It's such an honor. Absolutely. So her name is Tina Conkin. The book is Love, Sex, and Money. You can find out more at tinaconkin.com. Have her out to your church, have a retreat, go to one of her uh, Relationship Lifeline events. You will not regret it. And thank you for listening to The Lucas Miles Show. If you haven't had a chance to pick up a copy of my book, Good God, the one we want to believe in but are afraid to embrace, I want to encourage you to do so. It's available wherever books are sold, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, you name it, you can find Good God there. So grab a copy. You can also always get a copy at lucasmiles.org. And after you read it, I'd love to hear from you. If you liked it, hate it, shoot me a message. Let's stay in touch and make sure and keep visiting lucasmiles.org. That's all I have for you for today, but make sure and head over to iTunes and download the Lucas Miles Show and head over to faithwire.com where you can always get the Lucas Miles Show exclusively there and listen to our newest episode. We have all sorts of exciting guests, so check it out, the Lucas Miles Show.